Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We can, we can never stop. We've got to fight. This is our life. You never lost when you can see the top. Surrender!
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 185 of Getting It Out podcast. That was D. Snyder with Down But Never Out from his Leave a Scar album. It came out on July 30th through Napalm Records, and it's awesome. And usually I would play um, some music that uh, might need some promotion, but you know, sometimes I just like playing the stuff I like. My daughter is here with me, Mazzy. Mazzy, what did you think about that song? I don't like it. Why not? I don't like hard rock. That's okay. Thanks, Mazzy, for your insight. Now uh, go on and play. Okay, so D. Snyder is cool, and I'm a lifelong Twisted Sister fan, but of course that's not what we're talking about on this episode of the podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I've got another repeat guest. That's two weeks in a row, this time with Drew Maxey, vocalist of Time and Pressure out of St. Louis. They've got a new record called Halfway Down. It's out now on Safe Inside Records, and you can get it available streaming pretty much everywhere. Uh, vinyl's still on the way, but I believe tapes are out there. I don't know. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so rather than me ramble on here, let's get into it. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We'll be getting it in! Where you getting it out? Hey there, everyone. Here we are. I want to thank my daughter, Mazzy, for the cameo appearance. There are two lines. That's all she had, and that's all she wanted to have, and I had to push for those. She's eight. She's great, and uh, she doesn't always cooperate. And uh, what else rhymes with that? Plate? Plate! Plate rhymes with that, and I can tell you... (laughs) I can tell you a story about a plate. I was in Cleveland this weekend with my family. We were hanging out doing some Cleveland things. And uh, we were in this hotel. And I'm going up to this hotel, to this hotel elevator. And I walk up to this elevator. And uh, I'm like, gosh, shit, the door's about to close. So I reach my arm in. And you know how usually the elevator stops pretty easily once it, like, meets some resistance? Well, this one does not stop easily when it meets resistance. It does stop, but not easily. So I'm like, damn, that that was a little rough, okay? So I'm standing there waiting for the door to close. Of course, I'm the one hitting the button trying to make it close because I don't want to get stu- stuck on there with uh, with anybody else. Um, but I'm too late, and this woman comes running around the corner with her child in hand, and they're both soaking wet from the pool, and they go to get in, and just as they're going to get in, the doors start closing. I try to like tell them, hey, careful, that doesn't really stop, but it doesn't matter. They get stuck, her with child in hands, gets stuck between the doors, and it clangs them real hard, and, and she's like, oh my God, that's... Uh, that was intense, and whatever, she gets on the elevator, so now we're waiting there, and then the doors start closing, and then another guy comes around the corner, and this guy comes in, same thing happens to him, clang, he gets smushed, but he's like, holy shit, wow, and we're only going from the first floor to the third, okay, so we shouldn't have even been taking an elevator, all week, we, my family had decided we were a stairs family, and we were taking the stairs, because, uh, because we're not total fat slobs, we can handle that, uh, three flights of stairs, not that bad, anyway, I'm being a fat slob at the moment, and I'm just—I think I got—I got like a—I got like a six pack of White Claws and a four plat, four pack of Great Lakes. Um, I forget what it's called. Title, I don't know, some kind of Imperial Double IPA thing. And uh, and I'm standing on this elevator with these two people, three people, because there's this baby or kid in this woman's arm, and uh, there's this woman and the kid in the bathing suit soaking wet, and there's this man standing beside me. And I'm like, hold on a second. In this short trip from the first to the third floor. It smells an awfully lot like marijuana. I'm like, man, this guy must have just smoked. And, and so I curiously look to my left. And no, he hasn't. 
he has it in fact in fact he is mid rolling a blunt he's he's got he's using like the the packaging of something as like a plate and he's sitting there with a with a blunt wrap open with all of his weeds spread across it just in there and he's just holding it like he's like it's a plate and like he's going to service somebody it's like this is a this is an interesting cleveland room service and i don't know if a weed is legal in ohio because i don't know a lot about ohio uh, but i did learn that they don't have a speed limit in a lot of ohio which is interesting uh, corp limit i believe they call it and if you're living in ohio and i'm wrong you can tell me and i'll believe you uh, but this is what i understood by googling anyway this guy is just riding this elevator from the first floor to the third floor with his wide open uh uh, uh, platter of weed you know in a blunt wrap with uh, me and this lady in this elevator and i just found it uh <laughs> super interesting and really funny and uh why did you need to like why couldn't you finish rolling it you know i don't know but you know we all have priorities and this guy needed to get from floor one to floor three and he did it uh mid rolling and uh, kudos to him and he didn't even drop anything when the elevator door smashed him and that's very cool and that was, that was in Cleveland, like I said. I, I took a trip to Cleveland, as I mentioned, with my family this weekend. And it was uh, it was way better than I ever expected. Cleveland is cool as shit. Um, and uh, I, I, I want to go back. I want to go back. Specifically, I want to go back while the Sixers play the Cavs, especially while the Cavs suck, so I can go watch the Sixers hopefully beat them at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But, you know. I'm not banking on anything these days with the way basketball is working out. We're still stuck with stupid ass Ben Simmons, and we don't have Damian Lillard yet, so my life is ruined. But uh, but but anyway, moving on. Uh, as I mentioned on this episode, I have an interview with Drew Maxey of Time and Pressure. Drew was on a couple years ago when they dropped the Gateway City Sound. That was also on Safe Inside Records. This new album is on Safe Inside Records as well, and we're going to talk all about that. And we talked for a really long time, at least for for getting it out podcast uh, standards but we had a good chat and i hope you enjoy it as well check out this track it's called theseus and it's the second track off a of halfway down enjoy
<laughs> well, Drew, how have you been? It has been about two years since we last spoke. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot has changed. When, I was trying to think about when it was that we talked. I couldn't. The only thing that I could remember is that it was a little bit after, like, the last record came out. Yeah. And uh, so I can't remember what month it was. I don't remember if it was the summer or what. Um, like, I can't remember if I was off, if I, if I, you know, was, was like, out of work for the summer or what. But I don't know. Uh, I was trying to think about it. I actually tried to, like, go back and uh, I was going to go, like, try to figure out what time of year it was. that, But then... I got distracted going through your uh, uh, archive and I started listening to like episode, like I listened to a little bit of the episode you did with uh, uh, the, um, the, the, the lion's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Giordano. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who is not a person I know. I just know his band from living here. Right. Same, same place, right? Both St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're from here. And surprisingly, I have only ever seen that band one time. And uh, I'm not a huge metal guy, but man, the one time that I saw them, I was like, it can, I was totally sold. <laughs> well, they're, they're a totally different band. I mean, to even just, I mean, yeah, they're definitely a metal band, but they uh, they got a whole lot going on, and uh, and it, they're they're certainly more interesting than a lot of bands. But so, like I said, that was that was two years ago, and it was sometime in the summer, and uh, like you said, it was right after the Gateway City Sound came out. And you've done a couple things since then musically, but obviously, like I said, a whole lot of shit has happened between then and now. Uh, like what? <laughs> like, uh, um, uh, <laughs> Marvel's not on Netflix anymore. Oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> but I so I I I steal uh, our guitar player James's uh, uh, Disney Plus. So like. Yeah, it's you, you, there's there's ways around it. They're not that smart. Who does Marvel think they are? Yeah. And but yeah, but there's yeah. there's been a couple other things that happened, um, which brings me to probably what should what should be the like the first official question here um, is how's how's the last year and a half or so been for you, Drew? How have you been doing? It hasn't been awful. That's um, good. Like you know, like um, I so I teach like I teach high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and around, you know, March of 2020, we went on spring break yeah. and, uh, that spring, like there was, there was conversation about like, Oh, like the kids were asking, do you think that we'll get sent home? Like, do you think that, you know, they'll, they'll have us do school from home or something like that? And I, I honestly kept telling all the kids, no. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like I, my my whole thing was just like oh no it's got to get really bad for like it, it would have to get really bad here for uh, the 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 local government to suddenly start caring about the poor schools <laughs> and that was always kind of like my joking but not really joking answer yeah can and, I can uh, I interrupt and ask one question here just because I, sure. I have I have a kid of a similar age um, is the school that you teach at or are the kids were the kids already equipped to be able to do school from home or no. Okay. All right. So carry on. No, not not at all. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like we went away on spring break and then the when, like I was supposed to be gone for a week and then the Wednesday of spring break, they just kind of announced like, oh, we're not going to come back until mid-April. And then mid-April rolled around and it was just kind of like, we're going to do through May. And then uh, it was kind of just like, oh, we're going to do the whole rest of the school year, which at that point was would only have been like a week or two. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I mean, then just, 
I I didn't go back to doing regular teaching. I still haven't. I mean, I, I, I will when this school year starts, but we'll have like mask enforcement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, they were not equipped at all. Um, we basically like uh, the the school like partnered with um, like the local uh, one of the local Internet providers to uh, convince them to like, hey, if any of our students uh, need to, you should give them Internet for free because mm-hmm. they don't already have it because that's how we're going to have to do school. And right. uh, then like the, they had like extra laptops that they handed out. Um, and like Wi-Fi hotspots that they handed out to the kids who requested them. Um, and then we were told like, hey, basically a third of our school isn't going to be able to have access to your classes. So just pass everybody. <laughs> and that's that's what we did for the end of the 2019-2020 the school year. For this last school year, we did have uh, – we, we – gave everybody a laptop. Um, and so there were, it, it was, there was protocol put into place, but I'm going to be honest, it didn't work that well. Right. Right. But, well, it is, I, yeah. I, I saw it from two different, two different ways. Um, my, my daughter goes to, well, her home school district is Philadelphia. And, uh, my stepdaughter's is here in Lancaster where we live right, right by it. And it's two, in, they're on like two entirely different levels where like, uh, my stepdaughter's, they, they have their own, Everybody has their own iPad in the school, no matter what, yeah. all the time. But then you have my daughter in a school district of Philadelphia where nobody has internet. You know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but you know, like nobody has anything. Like they don't, right. they're not equipping kids with shit. Um, so at the time I had to go out and buy, well, I think I may have already bought her a Chromebook or something, but, but the schools eventually provided Chromebooks like you're talking about. Um, and they, they did the free internet thing in Philadelphia. Uh, the, the 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 positive for me was that because of this, because of Philadelphia at least doing it uh, online, is that I was able now to have my kid with me, like basically the majority amount of time, even though I'm an hour and a half away from the school district. So right. there was some there was some cool cool things for that, like on 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 the student side or, or on the parent side, I guess. Uh, um, I mean, but not not fun working beside uh, second grade. That's tough. <laughs> but um oh yeah but 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 for you for you what was how was it for you doing the online teaching because i because I've, I've and i asked because i have a i have a few friends who are high school teachers um and almost i think all i think every single one of them has hated this past year and change yeah and said no, it's been it, terrible it, it was uh, there were definitely pros to it i'm gonna be honest um I didn't have to deal with like kids talking back to me, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, when kids, when kids like kind of, you know, start getting really in their feelings about the, the, the stuff that I'm having them do, you know, or like, I didn't have to worry about kids talking in the classroom too much and, you know, whatever. But yeah, uh, at my school, um, they considered it too much. So we were, we weren't using zoom. We were using, um, uh, Microsoft teams, Oh, that's awful. And Microsoft, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Microsoft Teams has like it has some like functionality for a classroom, but it's clearly made for business uh, environments. Mm-hmm. So like the classroom stuff just didn't work very well, and uh, the school considered it too much of a liability to have the students turn their cameras on. Ooh. So they encouraged the kids to like just never turn them on. So 
throughout the entire year, I didn't see what any of my students looked like. If I didn't already know them from like having them a previous year, I didn't like I, I, I never got to know what they look like. So when we go back this upcoming year, I might have students like say hi to me and I'm just gonna be like, I have no idea who you are. Um, but even then, then they'll have like, half their face exposed. Right. So you only see their eyes. So, right. <laughs> And then the, what was even worse, what, what, what was also bad about that is that because the cameras weren't on, so many of my students would just like join the class and then they wouldn't actually be at the computer. Right. And we were encouraged, you know, to make sure it's like to try to get everybody to participate and stuff like that. So I was just kind of like, I had like a randomizer that if I needed a question answered, I would call on somebody at random and then I would have to wait until like to confirm that they weren't actually there sounds like a long class it just just wasted so much time (laughs) i mean we 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 got we got through so very little of the actual material because of stuff like that yeah i believe it and it was i mean i only have my perspective from a parent at home who was now working at home because of this for the most part since then and uh it was it was tough to watch and listen to sometimes um i saw both again both sides there's two, two two kids of uh one one seven one in one in second grade and one in eighth grade right so two very different experiences and two very different capabilities and two very different uh needs i didn't need to make sure the eighth grader was doing her shit she was doing it but but i had to stay on top of that second grader and and there's no way that they would have paid attention if they weren't being if they, their cameras weren't on but anyway this i, I could yeah. go on and on for, on and on about this Forever. but but I, I was just curious with curious with with what your what your opinion of it was um, because like I said I've only heard mostly negative stuff. Well, I didn't ask you to do another uh, do another interview with me to talk about your career, but I'm glad you took the time. What I really asked you to do another interview is to explain the mugshot you posted on the internet the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's a great story. Um, my friends have heard me tell this story a million times. It was, uh, this was about eight years ago. I think, um, uh, James who plays guitar in time and pressure and I had a different band then, and we had just played a show. We like hopped on a show, um, with, um, um, rain Supreme was in town. Sure. Philadelphia. And like, it was, it was like a very like, like kind of a last minute thing. And, uh, the show was awful. I mean, like it was very poorly attended. And then like, um, rain Supreme didn't want to play last. They wanted to play second to last so that they could like get out and go see, uh, uh, the evens at, uh, the evens, the Evans. I don't know how you pronounce it. They but, suck either way. I mean, uh, I know everybody gives the Makai a pass, but they suck. Anyway, go, go on. they were, uh, they were, they were playing nearby. Um, and so like they, they like, as soon as their set was done, they played a cool set. Uh, they covered black flag and I was really excited about that. Uh, and then, uh, only like two people in the crowd knew the song and he called the singer called everyone posers. And I was a big fan of that. Uh, and so like they, uh, they, they left and like, so we ended up basically playing to nobody. Like we ended up playing last and and we didn't play to anybody, but we had fun with it, whatever. And then like afterwards, um, I met up with some people and like, I was just having like kind of a, I was having a pretty like low key chilled out night. And, uh, as I was driving home, it's probably like 2am and I was right by where I live and this cop pulls me over 
And he, you know, gives me the whole, like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, no. And he just goes, you were swerving a little bit. And I said, oh, I didn't even notice. And he does the, you know, you've been drinking. I said, no. And uh, he takes my license, insurance, goes to his car, and comes back, like, 10 minutes later. And he goes, do you know there's a warrant for your arrest? (laughs) And I said, no. For what? And, uh... This cop was like a young guy. I would not be surprised if this was his first arrest. Um, so he just goes, I don't know, man, uh, but it's in the computer. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, what would I have a warrant for? And he's like, it doesn't tell me. And so, like, I thought that was really weird that it wouldn't tell him, like, what the warrant was for. But it is weird, he, but I guess I guess of, it makes sense. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't need to know. But but it is, it is very. I yeah, would think I would think they would tell them. You know, are you dangerous? Like right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like what? If, what if? What if my? What if my arrest was for like you know beating up cops who pulled me over? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but so he uh, he kind of just goes like he didn't say like you're under arrest. He just goes like I'm gonna check to make sure that this uh, this warrant is valid. Um, and if it is, then like, you know, I got to arrest you. And he goes, do you mind stepping out of the car? And I was very confused. I probably should have said like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I was really confused by the whole situation. So I was thrown off and I, I was just like, yeah, I guess. And he goes, okay, cool. And he like has me get out of the car and then sit in the front seat of his car with him (laughs) while we waited for them to tell him if this warrant was valid. Wow. And so like, He's like making small talk with me while I'm in the middle of like an existential crisis, not knowing what's going on with my life. (laughs) And, uh, and then, yeah, like they, they, they tell him like it's a valid, uh, warrant. And he looks to me and he goes, dude, I have to arrest you now. (laughs) 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 So like I get out, I get out of the front seat of the car. He puts the cuffs on me and he's just like, listen, man, like, He's like, I don't know what your what your warrants for. I don't know like what your, you know what what the deal is. But like, he's just like, you, you know, you you haven't been like argumentative with me. You haven't tried to fight me. You clearly aren't like drunk or anything. So like, I'm gonna make this really easy for you. And he goes, he's just kind of like, uh, you know, do you have somebody like you can call uh, right now who's who's who can come bail you out? And I was just like, yeah, I guess my dad would be the one to do it because, like, he stays up late. So I'll just have, like, have my dad come. And he's like, okay, cool. While we're driving down there, I'm going to open up your phone and put his number in. And then we'll just, ha- like, have you talk on speakerphone and have him come and get you so you're not in jail for very long. And so we <laughs> did that. I explained to my dad, like, hey, I'm getting arrested. Uh, I need you to bring this amount of money to this place and you know come bail me out do it quick if you can and uh they take me to the jail they process me all that stuff take that that mug shot where you can see where i'm like very annoyed i don't even look like like <laughs> you don't look, mug no, shot, I just you don't look, look nefarious situation yeah <laughs> and uh and then the cop like you know he he gives me you know like the fingerprints he gives me the questionnaire like oh are you thinking about killing yourself and i'm just like i mean not now but maybe later <laughs> and like uh <laughs> he, he he was just like you're not going to be here long so uh we don't even need to put you in a cell and he just like handcuffed me to a bar on the wall 
That's so nice he's of him. on his bench with, huh? I said that's nice of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sitting on his bench, got my hand like raised, my arm raised in the air, and it's just like handcuffed to this pipe on the wall. And uh, I'm there for like 30 minutes, and he comes back, and he's just like, still here, huh? I said, yeah. He leaves. Another 30 minutes. So I've been there for an hour. He comes back. He's just like, you're still here, huh? I said, yeah. <laughs> leaves again. This goes on about four or five times. Like, he kept leaving, coming back in, like, a shorter increment of time, and I'd still be there. And so during this whole time, you know, like, other cops are bringing in people that they've arrested. And uh, since I'm not in a jail cell, I get to hear, like, the entire situation of them, like, you know, taking, like, uh, taking people's belts, uh, taking their shoes, you know, stuff like that. It's my only real form of entertainment, so I'm kind of just, like, laughing at everybody. I remember they bring in this one guy who I can, like, I can't see anything. I can just hear the conversation um, as they're uh, bringing him into the room. The guy's just, like, uh, slurring his words, and he's just really, really, like, he's he's not in a good way, you know what I'm saying? He keeps, like, cussing at the cops and stuff like that, and uh, they're just like, hey, man, like, you can say whatever you want. You're still in jail. <laughs> I remember when they are like, we need you to take your belt off. And then a couple seconds later, the cop just goes, no, nah, man, you can keep your pants on. <laughs> and the, and the, the dude just goes, oh, I thought we were here to party. <laughs> you know, Good stuff for him. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just like, no, man, we're not here to party. And then the guy just goes, well, then I don't plan on staying very long. <laughs> and so uh, the cop who arrested me comes in and he sits down next to me and he just goes like, do you have anyone else that you can call? And I was just like, I don't know, maybe. And keep in mind, like, you know, it's probably like 3.30 in the morning at this point. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I could call my mom, but then, like, what am I going to do about my dad, you know? Like, for all I know, he just, like, got lost or something. <laughs> yeah, what happened to and, your dad? Uh, he, did, he didn't carry a cell phone at the time, so, like, there would have been no way for me to call him. So, anyway, I say, like, I can probably call my mom, but I don't know what to do about my dad then. And uh, the cop just goes, you should call your mom. And sure enough, the guy they're bringing in is my dad, who drove to the jail drunk to pick me up. <laughs> no way. <laughs> the guy who was there to party was my dad. No shit. Are you kidding? So uh, he obviously got thrown into a drunk tank. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, he, by the time he was there, he had forgotten why he had even like come there. He thought he just got arrested. So like, And, and you guys didn't uh, notice each other? Like recognize each other? He didn't see me. He didn't see me at all. Um, cause like the way where they had him go, uh, for processing was like around a corner from, from where I was. Yeah. So I heard him just like screaming at the cops and I eventually just like, dad, shut up. Like, you're just going to make this worse. <laughs> and he stopped. He, he was just like, that sounded like my son. He was like, it is me, you idiot. You know? <laughs> and so then my mom came and bailed both of us out, which the thing that I thought was really stupid is that she had to pay to bail me out. She didn't have to pay to bail him out. He's the one who actually did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, driving driving drunk, especially that drunk, is, like, way worse than just swerving a little bit on the road. Yeah, uh, I'd say. Finally, usually, usually they go hand in hand, but, uh, but I'd say so. Finally, finally, like, my mom comes. It, the sun's up at this point. She comes. She gets both of us. Um... And then when they're, like, giving me my stuff back, 
like all the stuff that was in my pockets or whatever. I was just like, did they ever find out why I got arrested? Like what my warrant was for? And uh, the 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 clerk who was like handing me stuff back was just like, oh yeah, you uh, says he's like six years ago you got a uh, uh, license plate violation and uh, you never paid it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that's the type of shit that creeps up on you. God All damn, that's that, that's a funny story though. Over over a ticket that I had totally forgotten about from I mean this was 8 years ago that I got arrested. It was from 6 years before that. So it was like maybe when I was in high school. Yeah. But they want that money. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole night, which I actually left out of the story, is when um uh, after the cop told me to call my mom and he like processed my dad and everything, he left for a little bit and he came back again and he just goes, did you get sorted out? And I said, yeah, my mom's on the way. And he just goes, cool. She's not going to try to sell any of us drugs or anything. Is she? <laughs> <laughs> and I looked, I looked at him like with, I had to have the angriest face I've ever had in my life. And I looked at him and I said, listen, man, I recognize that's a funny joke. And I will laugh at it later, <laughs> but for right now, I'm 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 not happy. Yeah, you got to give him that one. Though. That was that was a good one. Good for him. No, no, good. it was great. It was a perfect opportunity. <laughs> good for you. Hey, that's a that's a great story too. I I I wasn't expecting where you're going with that, and uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, it I know, sucks, man, that sucks to like happen, but that's a movie. That, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Well, I mean. <laughs> Well, we've already spent a half hour talking about things that we weren't supposed to talk about. So, um, rather, than... James, James is going to get on me too. James always, James <laughs> always like gets uh, when it, when I when he hears like interviews that I do. He's just like, "Do you want to talk about our band at all?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Hey, man, I'm not selling the records. I'm selling personality, and that sells the records." Yeah, that's that's exactly right, and that's that's way more fun than talking about uh, the same old shit that I talk about all the time. But I do want to talk about some of that shit, though. <laughs> because... I guess we should, yeah. We, we should because... Well, because... A little backstory. Well, you know this. This is more for people who will hear this. That you guys sent me your songs two years ago or whatever through email. And mm -hmm. I listened to it. And I was like, holy shit, I really like this. So we did an interview. Um which doesn't happen often. Usually I get, or it happens sometimes, but usually people send me songs. I just play them on the show and that's the end of it. Cause it's, I, right. it doesn't, it doesn't like pump me up like the way that the, the, that time of pressure did the, uh, so, so since the last time we spoke, there was uh gateway city sound, right? Mm -hmm. Now you got this new record halfway down. Is this entire thing a product of the pandemic or is this something that you've been working on before the shutdown? It's a little of both, actually. Um, so we were scheduled to, like, we kind of decided, like, hey, let's write an LP. Let's just do that. Um, not, I don't think, um, you know, most of us in our band have never written a full LP, like a full-length album. You know, like, uh, the, first, the first record was, like, our demo on the B side, and then, like, basically a new EP on the A side. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, we just kind of said... Yeah, let's do it. So we started working on it. Um, I want to say, I want to say we really started working on it August or September of, of uh, 2019. Okay. And maybe even before that, if I can, if I really can remember. Um, and then we, we started writing and we were like, okay, like we got 10 songs. Um, let's, 
you know, get, get scheduled to go record. And, uh, we made the appointment to go, to go record, uh, in April of 2020. And then, you know, Where'd you like, record this one? Same place we did, uh, the, the, Bricktop? Of, of, yeah, we have Bricktop in Chicago. Okay. Um, so like, yeah, we made, we made the appointment and we were all like, you know, getting like ready to go. And then I think around February, uh, we had this conversation where we were kind of just like, um, I and uh, I, I, one other person in the band who honestly I can't remember who it was. Uh, I just remember that we were like, yo, like these songs need more work. They're not done yet. Like we're not going to be ready to record them in a couple months. And uh, so we rescheduled um, our recording. We kind of pushed it back. And I don't remember when we pushed it back to um, if it even was like we eventually went back and, and did record it in November of 2020. Um, I don't think we pushed, I don't think we scheduled it for November at first. I think we just pushed it back a couple months so that we could work on it. But within, you know, a couple weeks of doing that pushback, like everything shut down. So we were just like, yeah, there's no way we're going to be, you know, like we would have been able to, to do this record by then. So we just kind of like, well, we can sit on our thumbs and do nothing, or we can just keep making these songs better. And that's what we did. So we took that time to uh, really like revamp all the songs. And, uh, uh, you know, like I rewrote a bunch of the lyrics that I wasn't happy with. And uh, we re- retooled some of the songs uh, musically. We, um, I think we completely threw out a whole song and then put something new in the, in their place. Like it was, it, 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 it wasn't intended to be like a pandemic record, but it ended up being that. And uh, honestly, the, the, the record is better for it. Um, if, if we had put out the, the versions of it that like we were kind of looking at in February of 2020, uh, it, it, it wouldn't have been a very good record. That's really interesting. I love that you're being totally honest about that. Cause I know, and I remember from, from our last conversation that you were pretty proud of the gateway city sound. And when I listen to Halfway Down, like I said, I think it's better than that. So I'd imagine you're pretty proud of this. And the, especially lyrically, um, we'll get to that later. But the, this, I don't know, this, this whole record, is, it sounds like you took your time with it. And um, obviously you're saying that. Is, that. is that different from the previous recordings you guys have? Do you feel like this is the most you spent, um, like, you know, figuring your songs out and really taking your time with them? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, the like the demo songs and most of the songs that were like that A side of, of the Gateway City uh, recording stuff. Um, most of that was kind of just like uh, as far as like the, the guitar parts and the structures of the songs were just James, um, you know, writing everything and then just being like, hey, this is how the song goes. Um, every now and then we would tweak it a little bit, but it's mostly kind of his thing. Um, there are some exceptions to that, like. Uh, uh, I think a lot of there were a couple riffs that uh, our other guitarist Dave wrote that made it onto the Gateway City sound, um, but like this record is very much like all of us coming together and having input um, way more than than you know any of the previous stuff. Uh, I mean, like even uh, like uh, the second song on the record, Theseus, yeah, uh, starts off with that like. Like it's it's a rip off Bane part. Okay. Uh, you know the the. Are you are you a Bane fan? I am, but not enough to notice the rip off. 
Okay, good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, there's a song on the note, the second track on on the note. It's called "Pot Committed." Yeah, sure. Uh, basically, starts off the same way. Um, that was just that was me. Like it's like my one input to the music of the record, being like, "Hey, we should put this kind of intro on here, and we should maybe like rip off this because it sounds cool." <laughs> so that's what it was. That's a good move and, because. You know, um, well, sorry to interrupt you. It's a good move because that—that's I think that's my favorite song on this record. But anyway, go ahead. Well, no, uh, that's we 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 need to get a sound clip of that so that I can make sure that the band hears that my ideas on the music are valid. <laughs> well, you'll have this, so you got it. There you go. I'll just cut and cut and uh, uh, paste that into our band chat and be like, "Hey guys, listen." Uh, what, that's what a more? joke. They, it's, but but yeah, like I, it really was. Um, very much more of a like a group effort uh, this time around, um, and I think the songs are I think the songs are better for it. A- absolutely, um, there was it's you know it's interesting that you bring up like me being like so proud of the Gateway City sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a time even after we had retooled everything where I was just like I don't think I like these songs as much as our older ones, and like I kind of kept that to myself. So if my bandmates hear me say that they might be disappointed but there was a period when i was just like no like these songs are fine but they're not as cool as uh the other ones and uh, i think that that was just because i hadn't heard them recorded yet because once we got like like once we actually were in the studio and i was starting to hear the parts come together i was just like all right these songs are pretty cool yes yeah, so do, you, do you feel that way now do you <laughs> yeah yeah there i mean there are songs on this record that uh, I can't. I can't wait to play, um, and we haven't gotten a chance to yet. So, right. Well, like you said, I, I listened to I listened to this record a lot over the last week because it came out. What I guess not the last week, but it came out on the thirtieth officially. Is that the? It came out on Friday. But yeah. So so since then I've listened to it a ton, and uh, that's w- which led me to message you, of course. But um, I listened to it so much, and then I was like, are these? better than the gateway city sound so today i went back and listened to the gateway city sound and uh i thought yeah that no it's pretty clear they are better i mean don't get me wrong gateway city sound stuff is still great but this but this is is a step in a it's a step up you know still sounds pretty similar sounds like you guys um one of my favorite things about uh about time and pressure is drew your lyrics i think you do an incredible job with them i'm sure i can tell I could tell you take your time with them and you, you figure them out and they're very clever. Um, how much how much work do you put into getting what you feel are the right lyrics for a song? Like, is this something you agonize over? Is it something you do quickly? What do you, how do you how do you write? It depends on the song, really. But like, um, so there's like I, I figured out a process that works for me. Like, if I, I mean, I've been I've been writing. What is this? 2021 i've this year i've been writing lyrics for 20 years Hmm. like i started when i was young and actually honestly i started even before that but they weren't any good and i never really like i never put them to music it was just like me writing stuff you know like oh it'd be cool to be in a band someday you know when i was like nine years old but back then you know like i didn't know how to write lyrics i didn't know what i was doing um and so like the process that i figured out which pretty much started right about the time Time and Pressure was, was I guess it was really my last band. Um, the band I was in before Time and Pressure, like I figured out that this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, a lot of the Gateway City Sound and the demo were written for
for that band and then we just never did anything with those songs so i just held on to them uh but like the uh i start off with um like an idea in my head like i want to write a song about this and then i'll just like open up a notebook and i start writing it in like paragraph form without really paying attention to you know making it sound like make making the 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 words cool or anything like that yeah um and i'll just start writing just free writing and writing down like what i'm thinking and i just kind of let it evolve from there and then after a while i'll start to think like oh i can work this into this line and then i'll start like putting it into like the you know like the verse form um and then from there I'll go to, I had this, I had this writing teacher in college who gave me the, some of the best writing advice I ever got, uh, which was specifically about imagery. And he was just like, you need to find ways that the, the short version of it is that you need to find ways to include like words that all have, that, that have something to do with each other. And so then I'll start going through and finding like words like, you know, finding ways to like, oh, I can change this word to this word. Like, for example, uh, a lot of the songs on this whole record um, have something to do with water. Like there's water all throughout the record. Um, and I looked for places where I could change something to be, you know, change the phrase to include something about water that doesn't lose what I was trying to say. Or um, so that just so that there's like some kind of uniformity to it. Yeah. And so, I mean, like it is, it's a process. Um, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go anywhere from like, um, there's a song on the gateway city sound called no strings attached that I wrote in an hour and a half, uh, actually on the drive from St. Louis to Chicago to go record it. Um, (laughs) didn't have any lyrics written. I wrote those in the back of the van. Uh, but then like a song like, um, like wrapped up, which is on the new record. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it took me months to write that. So do you, do you have any, like, like, I, I mean, I'm not to just compare those two, but do you find different levels of satisfaction in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh there's a song on this record that, uh, I will be a hundred percent honest with you. I am not happy with the lyrics. Um, they could have been better. They just, they could have been better. That's, that's, you know, and, uh, I couldn't find what it was I was trying to say, but I thought that what I was trying to say was at least worth attempting. So that's, uh, that's one of, one of the things that I think makes, makes you stand out as a lyricist and hardcore specifically in 2021. And we talked a little bit about this last time and, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you kind of did last time too, is that. I don't feel like a lot of people are writing the same way you are right now. There are other people, right? Don't get me wrong, but but there's a the, the hardcore's all over the place right now stylistically, right? But not many yeah. people are lyrically doing or even stylistically doing the melodic hardcore thing, but but that that comes with that comes with the style of lyrics too, right? Um, and and mm-hmm. you, you know that obviously we talked about before yeah. and, and and by the way you write these songs, it's in there. Um, so by comparison, yours sounds refreshing to me at least. And I don't, I don't, I don't mean that take anything away from it, but, um, is so, so when you, as, as a fan of hardcore music today, do you find that, do you find yourself looking at or listening to or reading other bands lyrics 
and and feel like something is lacking there or do you i don't know what's your what's your stance on just lyrics in hardcore at the moment so lyrics are i mean if, if you can't tell lyrics are really important to me it's, yes it's yeah. the the big the big reason why you know because for years i was playing I like I, I started out, you know, in like punk bands, you know, like I was in a street punk band and then like a skate punk band. And I kind of was just told like, hey, you're going to be the guy who sings these songs. So you got to start writing lyrics. Uh, that was how I became the singer of my first band. Um, I always intended to be a bass player. So I was like playing bass and singing at the same time. Uh, the reason why I started just doing vocals is because I was just not good at writing music, but I could write pretty okay lyrics. And I thought, you know, like, well, if I don't have to focus on playing something correctly, then I can incorporate, <coughs> excuse me, I can incorporate, uh, you know, like different rhythms and stuff like that. And not have to like be so, you know, monotone and stuff. Um, lyrics are important to me. They really are. And uh, it makes, it makes it kind of tough to like a lot of hardcore bands. Um, because you know, there's just—I uh, mean, many of them just don't put a lot of thought into their lyrics. Yeah, it's a lack or at least of substance. It comes across that right. way. And I don't say that to really take away from anybody, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who put a lot of thought and a lot of work into their lyrics. They, you know, it just doesn't come out with what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? Um, so there are times when, like, if your music's good enough, I can I can look past that. Uh, the early Angel Dust stuff was just fun they you know their lyrics were not complicated at all they didn't really like you know they 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 weren't striking the 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 chord in me that's like oh man this is uh some poetic stuff you know <laughs> yeah, yeah like but their music was fine so right. like i could look past it um but to really like hook me in like all my favorite bands uh all my favorite bands are because they have that like extra you know little push with like actually having good lyrics and i do i do find that like i don't know there's there's stuff that there's stuff that I really want to like and uh, I just can't because the music just or like the 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 lyrics just don't do anything for me. Yeah, I can I can feel that and oh I can relate to that. That's for several different bands. Um, but like you said, most times most times I can get past it as long as the music's cool enough. But there's some sometimes where the lyrics are so goonish that <laughs> that I can't do it. Man, I like heavy music. But it's really hard to like heavy hardcore. Heavy hardcore. <laughs> like, I, like yeah. I, I just got. I just. I've just got to listen to metal because of the because of the foolishness. I'd rather listen to somebody sing about something totally ridiculous and not real than something about kicking yeah. someone's ass. Like, it's, 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 yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. There are there are there are very very few heavy hardcore bands that I actually like. Um, and I think I think that lyrics are a big part of that, just because like the the structures of the songs don't really make it, you know, so that you can say a whole lot. Yeah, it's tough to do. You know, yeah. like, really good with your words. It's, um, yeah, it's certainly tough to do in that style. And so the ones that are able to I, do it, I commend them. Yeah, I think uh, I think Inclination is like the first heavier band in a long time that I've actually like genuinely liked. You know, and 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 because man, they're 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 just so good at what they do. They are. They're very good. Funny, funny inclination anecdote. Anecdote. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I was coming home from work. It had to be a while ago because I was coming home from work. Well, cat feeders going off. You hear that noise? Cats are getting fed. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, so I was coming home from work the one day, and uh, so this had to be pre-pandemic, and I stopped in at Sheets to get a drink or something, and uh, there's this kid in there, and he's wearing an Inclination shirt, and I was like, hey, that band's cool, you know, no, that's it, I don't want to do small talk, I just want to see a shirt and say that band's right, cool, right, right. and uh, the, guy, the kid just like looks at me, and he looks at me like for like a really long time, and he's like, you you know who this band is? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, whatever the, whatever the one title of the record is. And uh, he's like, oh, that's, that's cool. And then I walked out of there, got my car and drove away. I was like, why the fuck does, why was this so, such a strange interaction? And it's like, oh, because I'm old and I'm dressed like a guy who has an office <laughs> job. Like, <laughs> and this fucking teenager is wearing a straight as hardcore band shirt and wondering why some bozo buying beer at a, sh- at a gas station is like, that's a cool band. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had a, uh, I had a really similar moment to that. It wasn't a kid, but it was like um, young teacher at my school who like just started like this past year was his first year teaching full time. Mm-hmm. And, um, we don't at my school we don't really have to dress up like the teachers can kind of just wear very casual stuff as long as it's inoffensive yeah and uh uh i was wearing uh like a pink long sleeve angel dust shirt one day <laughs> and uh this band teacher who's got he's got to be like 22 like fresh out of college uh saw me, saw me and he's just like that's a cool shirt and i was just like oh thanks uh didn't really think anything of it with like you know like that he actually knew the band like maybe he was just complimenting the design or something like that because it's so few and far between that i meet anyone who knows like in the academic setting who knows anything about like punk (laughs) or hardcore at all (laughs) and so like a couple a couple weeks later i like went down uh, i had to get something from his room and uh uh i was in there like it was just me and him by, and he just goes like, Hey, I saw you had that, that angel dust shirt. Like, do you know anything about like hardcore bands in this area? And I like did a double take. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and we just started talking about bands and like, he's from, uh, he's from a different state. So like, uh, he just was trying to learn about like local stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of started talking, we started trading like stories back and forth of like shows that we had been to. And I was just like, this is wild. Cause I never would have, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another crazy story that's very similar to that. Um, uh, this guy who works at my school, he's not a teacher, but he works in the administration. Um, you know, like I said, we, we don't really have to dress up. So we used to be able, we can't now they're, they're kind of, they crack down on this, but like we used to be able to wear shorts to school. Yeah. And so like on, on Fridays, you know, if it was warm outside, I'd wear a pair of shorts to, to school. And uh, I have, you know, the three X's down my leg because I'm a stereotypical straight edge guy. Right. And, uh, Standard. He, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, they issued it to me, you know, 10 years <laughs> ago. And uh, I was standing around like talking to somebody like my students or some one of my students at the end of school or anything, something like that. And he passed by me and he stops and he goes, do you have an Earth Crisis tattoo? <laughs> and I turned to him and I was just like, you know who Earth Crisis is? And then uh, come to find out this dude is like a giant metalhead who like, you know, he has an appreciation for hardcore, but like he uh, he's mostly like a metal guy. And when I say metal, I'm talking like he'll come to my classroom and be like, hey, man, have you ever heard of this Scandinavian metal band that only put out one album in 1996? And I'll just be like, nope, I sure don't. And he's like, dude, you got to check him out. Like he's he's on it. Like. Uh, he, his, his knowledge for metal is crazy. He's, you know, he's an older guy, 
but uh, I never would have like thought that he would uh, he would know anything about like you know maybe he like maybe he would know ACDC or something like that. But man, the the stuff that he rattles off, you know, like we had an entire conversation about Power Trip like after Riley died, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. You know, and stuff like that. And he like he 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 and I were all like super excited because uh, Circle Jerks were coming to town uh, before the pandemic, you know, and that got canceled. Uh, and we were, we were both like super excited cause we, you know, like I had never seen circle jerks, but he was old enough to have seen circle jerks, uh, when they played, you know, downtown, uh, they played a, they played a show here many, many years ago when I was just like a little kid. So I wouldn't have been old enough to go, but, uh, it was legendary cause Chuck Berry came up and played with him. Oh shit. And, uh, <laughs> he was, like he was at that show. Wow, that's 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 a fucking that's yeah. a that's a cool experience. Circle Jerks and Chuck Berry. Yeah, huh. yeah Chuck Berry comes up and uh, played. Uh, I think he played Johnny Be Good with him. I could be wrong about that. You know, if there's anybody, any old St. Louis people who <laughs> listen to this, maybe they'll come slide in my DMs and be like, uh, "Actually, uh, it was my dingling." <laughs> well, the the awkward uh, the awkward work conversation about music is typically so dreaded. That it's not worth. Oh, it's I, not worth. It's not I, worth it. I cannot stand it. I like. I do everything I can to like not have my coworkers even know that I do music at all. I don't mind talking about it to the students. They don't really get it. They think that it's like really stupid. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, I'll tell them about it. You know, I, I've shown them like videos of like bands, like like live videos of bands that I like, just like when we were goofing around or something. Uh, but the teachers, I mean. One of the first days, like, uh, I, I don't know, I don't even know how it came up, but like one of my, a teacher in my department was just like, I heard you're in a band. And I said, yeah. And he just goes like, <laughs> oh, is it like, what, what kind of band are you in? And I said, a punk band. He goes like, oh, so like the clash? I said, no. It's <laughs> just like, how am I going to explain this? Yeah. That's, and, and, and only people who've had this conversation a hundred times know exactly the feeling and yeah. the dread of this and how it goes. And like, th- there's a, there's a guy at my work, right? Okay. So like I said, I'm an, I'm an office type now. I used to be the blue collar guy, but in the last couple of years, I finally yeah. become a, become a desk guy. And, uh, I see a guy who operates one of the machines. He's got, he's clearly has had his ear stretched at some point, but he's not allowed to have jewelry or anything. So, but I do see that he has three X's tattooed across his wrist and I always and I and I think about this all the time. I want to walk up to him and say, "Is that like minor threat or Earth crisis?" And I feel like that's all I'll have to say. And he'll be like, "Oh, he knows." Like, yeah. But but I can't. I see him and I just can't do it. Like I can't. I can't have. I can't is, even. Is it? Is it like on the inside of his wrist? Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's, you said it's three X's on the inside of his wrist, like above his palm. Yeah. Interesting. Is he bald with a goatee? No, he's balding. <laughs> but, but so like you know, like it's like man, that's a pretty that's a pretty sure shot that this guy has has saw, like is 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 in the is in the realm, right? But I can't risk it. Yeah, I can't I can't risk a, an awkward conversation where I'm like, ah, never mind. I was talking about straight edge music. It, it's either it's either that or he really looks up to that one porn star who has that same tattoo, but. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> I'm not familiar, but you know. <laughs> but all right. Well, hey, I think we got. I think we got way off track again, um, which is that, fine. Yeah, that happens with me. Which is totally fine. That's perfect for me. But uh, I want. I want to get back to your record. 
we talked about um, lyrics a lot, um, but there's there's something that, from what I understand, I've only seen this from images on the internet and text, is that there's a there's a companion book, The View from Halfway Down, that that I guess you can get with the record. What is this thing? Tell, tell me about this. So uh, yeah, it's called The View from Halfway Down, which uh, is 100% a uh, a reference to the show BoJack Horseman, uh, which is the name of uh, it's the name of an episode uh, in the last season of BoJack Horseman. Um, which initially we were kind of thinking about calling the record that, but uh, I, you know, they were kind of like leaving it up to me, like, hey, call the album whatever you want, um, and I wanted to call it that kind of just as an in joke, but then I was like, oh no, that's like that's too on the nose. Uh, so let's, let's just shorten it. And then when James, James was like the mastermind behind this whole book idea. Um, he was kind of just like, yeah, we should use the title of it for that. And I said, okay. And, uh, yeah. So like the, the idea was really just to have something to go along with it. Um, uh, Millspec released like that magazine that went along with their record last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but it's really cool. Um, coincidentally enough, like ours is not us trying to rip that off. We were working on it before they ever announced that. Um, but, uh, theirs is way more in depth than, than ours is. But yeah, it's just like kind of, he wanted to do the way that he saw it is there's a chance that there's always a chance. This is the last record we ever make. Uh, so like, why not try to do something to document that process in some way? And, cool. uh, since, you know, he's always, he's always trying to like flex his, uh, design skills and stuff and just like get better at all the design stuff that he does. He designs everything for our band. Uh, so like all the, all the art that we've ever done on anything is him, uh, minus a couple shirts that were designed, um, by a friend of ours and, uh, uh, the gateway city sound layout for, uh, like the record layout um, was kind of a collaboration between James and our friend Chris. Um, but other than that, James is really like he's in charge of all of that. So, yeah, he just wanted something to work on. Um, and he had this idea, you know, put together something that's like, you know, we can kind of explain like what the songs are about. Um, we can, uh, when we did our summer tour in 2019, like I kept a little tour journal for a while and, until I didn't anymore. Um, so it didn't cover the whole thing. Uh, but he put that in there. Um, he put, uh, uh, you know, scans of like my notebook. So it shows like kind of, you get an idea of like the process of me writing, like the lyrics, what, what that kind of looks like. Um, so you can compare like old song or like, like, you know, what, it, how it started versus like the finished product. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, there's a whole, like, we, we've kept track of every show that we've ever played, and that's in there. A um, bunch of photographs that have been taken, um, some of which, you know, like, are just photos that we took uh, while we were out on the road and stuff like that. Um, there's an entire, like, merch history, uh, which is something that uh, I don't know if he meant, I don't know if his that was his plan to keep that in there or if that was di- directly lifted from the uh, the Millspec uh, <laughs> magazine, because, you know, they did that too. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of something that, w- that we wanted to do to commemorate that, like, hey, we did this thing that we thought we'd never be able to do. 
that's really cool actually that's and that's a that's a very cool way to to say that is that um that you this might be the last record because any of them could be um interesting way to look at it and i think i think especially for a hardcore band where you guys have already you you only formed what like three years ago but you're already you've already outlasted most of them um you already yeah i mean you already put more material out there than most of them you've already done a lot more things uh but but you you mentioned all the design stuff and uh that james does it's something (laughs) i noticed about the design specifically this record is this is the first one where you are not prominently featured on the cover what happened what how did you let this slip from your grasp so uh, you'll remember uh, in our last conversation, you brought that up. I did, of course. And I you did. were like, I, you were like, I'm assuming you make you design the merch because you're on all of it. <laughs> uh, after we had that conversation, I told James, I was just like, you got to stop putting me on stuff. People are noticing. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I didn't. Make, that was not my intention. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need my ego to be more inflated than it already is so like i'm okay with you know sharing the spotlight with uh with 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 some of the other guys uh and you know honestly i don't i i don't know if there was a conscious effort to to like kind of not put me all over it but uh uh, i just think that he you know he he was using the stuff that made the most sense for like where you know his artistic vision yeah no and, and i gotta tell you it actually it makes sense that you said he does all this stuff because there's a cohesiveness with all the time and pressure stuff that i appreciate mm-hmm. um visually. yeah he i mean that, that's if that, like, you, it all looks you, like time and pressure if you look at like not just the stuff he's designed for our band but the stuff that he's, he's designed for other bands you know because he's like working on record layouts and and like tape layouts and uh, flyers and uh, like ad mats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he also like all the safe inside records uh, advertising stuff is now done through him. Um, so like all of it has a style, like to the point where if you can show me an ad, I could be like James designed that or somebody trying to be like James designed that. That's a, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to have a trademark style like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, speaking of safe inside records, I mean, actually looking looking right in front of me right now, I got the Spirit World record in front of me. Um, the mm-hmm. safe inside is, is is a really cool label. That's I don't want to say they're on the come up because they kind of already are there. But um, how how is it to work with safe inside? They seem they seem uh, on top of it, you know. If you want my honest answer, I have no idea because I don't <laughs> do any of it. That's great. That's that's perfect. I I I don't I deal with. I, I do very little of any of that stuff um, because I'm so scatterbrained that like keeping track of things is really hard for me. Well, here I can tell um, which, I can tell you this about about Safe Inside, and I don't know much about Safe Inside other than that they put out records that I like. Is that um, a couple weeks ago maybe I put a new time and pressure song on one of the playlists that I do, semi weekly playlists that I do, and uh, I think the guy, I think the guy's name is his name Bert. Maybe do you know that? Yeah, Somebody's, yeah. Okay, so he, so he's a safe inside uh, Instagram messages me. He's like, "Hey, thanks for including time and pressure on there. You, we're gonna do out this. We're gonna do this record for Chemical Fix. Check out this song here, and and that's just like in a in a direct message to me, like for yeah. no reason, right? And to me, that's very cool. It's like, oh, hey, I saw that you recognized one of the bands on my label. Thank you for doing that. And here, would you mind checking out this? Like, because 
I can tell you I make those playlists almost weekly for um, f- almost four years. And the amount, the amount of labels that do that, there aren't any others that have done that. <laughs> it's only Safe Inside who has been like, hey, thanks for at, thanks for putting that on there. Would you mind checking out this? Yeah. Like, that, 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 Bert? So you're in good hands is what I'm saying. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to Bert as much as like other people in our band do. Um, just cause like, I'm, you know, again, I'm not the easiest person to like keep track of anything. So, you know, that I kind of absolve myself of any sort of responsibility other than writing stuff, writing, writing words and yelling words. That's what I do. Uh, but like, um, I do know that Bert tries to be very personable with people. Um, I mean, like, at its core, yeah, the record label is a business. But, like, he tries really hard to not make it feel like he's just a businessman, you know? And uh, that is that is something that I've, I've, you know, I've seen him do, and I do appreciate that he does that as well. Yeah, no, trust me, he does, he does a good job, and I think it's, it's obvious, and Safe Side gets enough respect from a lot of people that it makes sense. Um, well, yeah. So, to, back to... To time and pressure. This record is officially out, at least on streaming services. I assume are you still doing pre-orders? I know vinyl plants are backed up forever. So yeah, vinyl plants are backed up like crazy. We we are still doing pre-orders. They're going pretty fast, um, way faster than I anticipated, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they are. Um, you can get the you can pre-order it. Um, there are a total of six different colors. Damn. Uh, among among various uh, different places, um, three of them are through uh, the Save Inside store, which is run through Deathwish Inc. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, you, uh, you can buy uh, one of the variants sold out within the first day. So, like the two that are left are uh, through through uh, uh, Save Inside or up on the Deathwish website, as long as, as well as the. Uh, uh, we're doing like a shirt, a hoodie, and some shorts, you know, just to have like uh, some merch to go along with it. So you can pre-order all that stuff on the Death Wish website. Um, there is uh, a Revelation Records um, exclusive yellow uh, that you can get from Rev HQ. There is a gold color through Cortex, uh, the European record label. Um, so. If you have anyone from Europe who listens to your uh, podcast, hey, that's where you want to buy that because it'll save you on shipping. Got to tell you, I um, was uh, on number 182 on the German music charts this week. So, <laughs> so there there's go. got to be some, there's got to be one person at least to get me to 182 on the German music charts. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need. That's right. Uh, and then there's a, uh, there is a, a, a blue color. There's a record store um, here in town uh, that's called the Record Space. Um, and they're kind of like, um, there there aren't a lot of places. There are a lot of record stores here. But there are not a lot of places that carry punk or hardcore vinyl uh, at all, which I think is, you know, I've always had this kind of hypothesis that that's why, uh, there aren't, there's not a whole lot of like punk and hardcore fans here because there's not like a place to go to discover it very regularly. But there are two record stores in town here that have been really good about stocking up on that. 
and uh, Record Space is one of those places. Uh, and yeah, he just kind of reached out and was like, hey, can I do an exclusive color for your record that you can only find here or online uh, through my website? And uh, it worked out. And so that one comes with like a special cover uh, and then like a bumper sticker and uh, a button. Um, that's really cool. So there's a little extra incentive to, uh, to, to get something locally. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so but yeah, those are all the places you can pre order. You can pre order the book. Uh, you can get it on cassette through uh, Virgin City Blues, which is uh, uh, Derek, uh, the singer of Defeaters, tape label. And uh, I think that's all the places. <laughs> well, that, um, I'm, I'm, a guy, I'm impressed if you did that without reading off a list. I did. I've been posting it online so much that like, I, I think I got it memorized. There's a guy somewhere uh, who took, put the Gateway City Sound on 8-track. I'm hoping that he does it with this. So maybe you can get an eight track of it too. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome, and, and I'm 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 glad. Well, it's, it's also I think I think cool now that you I don't know some people feel differently about it, but that you can listen to the record before you buy it uh, because you have it all. It's available on all the streaming services at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I own quite a bit of records. I don't listen to those records. I listen to them like in my car streaming off Spotify. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Like every now and then I'll put, I'll put records on and cause I do want to like sit, you know, I want to take the time to actually listen to the vinyl that I have, but you know, I do a lot of listening in my car and you can't put a record in your car. Not yet. Maybe someday. That'd be weird. <laughs> you need a big console. Yeah. But okay. So, so we, we, you did a, you did a very fine job of laying out where everybody can find the records. So let's close it all. Let's, let's wrap this thing up with one last um, one last point, one last question, I guess we'll say. Um, it doesn't sound like you guys have played any shows in the last year and a half, right? We have not, we've not played a show since uh, we played the first day of uh, LDB, LDB Fest in yeah. February. Okay. And uh, that, so, was, uh, that was last time. So what type of future plans do you guys have? Are you... Are you willing to play shows right now? And is there anything lined up in the? I would be willing to play shows right now. Um, I think that'd be a little bit tough because they just reinstated a mask mandate here in uh, St. Louis, so like um, that's back. Uh, and I think that uh, it'd be tough. To, I think it'd be tough to do a hardcore show with like a mask mandate. So I'm kind of glad that we don't didn't have anything scheduled for like right around now because I feel like it would have gotten canceled. Um, we do have a record release show planned it has not been announced yet um i can tell you that it's going to be in october it's pretty safe um, maybe <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be by then um the day the day after that uh we are well i don't know the weekend after that i don't know what day we're playing yet but uh we're doing um there's a fest in oklahoma called prom Corps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we we are playing that. That's been announced, um, and uh, that's about all we have scheduled. Well, we got some other stuff scheduled too, uh, but I don't know how concrete the plans are. So um, James moved to Ohio uh, during the pandemic, so uh, that's kind of uh, messing with our ability to do a lot of things. Uh, but as far as I know, like I don't know, we we we're working on stuff it's just uh kind of not not all the plans are concrete yet 
Hey, can't blame you for that with everything that's happening or, or might be happening. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely going out of my mind not being able to do shows right now. Um, I was, you know, I told you at the beginning of this that like, oh, things were pretty good for me. About the last month and a half or so, things have not been good for me. And I would really like to to, to do some band stuff. <laughs> well, damn it, Drew, I hope you get to do that sometime soon. Um because because it's uh this this album's worth worth getting out there and supporting and celebrating and uh I hope you guys can build on it like I think you will. Um I I, I hope so too cuz I'm I mean uh I don't know if you saw the 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 thing that I you know I don't know how closely you pay attention to my Instagram stories but apparently you know about my mugshot so like you see some <laughs> stuff but uh last last night one of the stars of that show, The Vampire Diaries, like posted on his Instagram story that he's obsessed with our record. I saw that. And yeah. uh, I want to go to where he is and play a show that he's going to be at and ask him about vampire stuff. I've never seen that show. I don't know anything about it, but <laughs> I feel like, I, I, you know, that would make an interesting conversation where I could be like, hey, man do you know about vampires? And he'll probably be like, no, I just played one on TV and I'll be like, okay. And then, you know, start really grilling him about like, what's up? You, you ever read Anne Rice or something like that? No, you just, you just pivot to diaries. You know, plenty <laughs> about di- di- diaries, you know, you're like, that's like, gotta be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know about vampires. You got diaries on lock though. Yeah. How about diaries? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Drew, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. I think we've, we've yeah, no problem. Hey, we, thanks, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for for, for all the, you know, all the nice things that you said about me and my band in this interview. Uh, it's 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 very appreciated. Oh no, well I, you you know like all right. Here's the thing about like it's easy for me to say it's not easy for me. If I would I'd be lying if I if I didn't mean it. But but the uh, like I do mean all the things I said about you. But you got to understand like and I think people like myself take this for granted sometimes how much like do you know how much time i've spent already in the last two years listening to you and your band like and i i owe you something for that you've entertained me for several hours of my life and so so it'd be ridiculous for me not to compliment you and not to say nice things and not to tell you that that i appreciate it and that it's that it's awesome and i like hearing it because uh, it's I'll, true i'll tell you what i play i kind of like there's there's like i have a bit that i'm really committed to which is where i'm like really egotistical and i have this big head and i'm kind of self-centered and like part of that is a little bit true i'm gonna be honest but when people genuinely give me compliments i'm always just like i don't know what to do with this information <laughs> yeah, I get and it. so it always it always like comes i'm always worried that i'm coming across like like big-headed and i don't mean to it's just that like I'm I, I get a little bit uncomfortable with people being genuinely nice to me. <laughs> and so like uh, uh when when you say these nice things uh and you you, you know you compliment the record just know that it is very appreciated. Um I never ever 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 expect people to be like, "Hey man, your lyrics are good" and stuff like that. So the fact that you even paid attention to it at all means a lot. Um, I'm trying to be as real as I can right now without like, you know, slipping into this weird character that I've created <laughs> over the last 20 years. But it really is like it, it, it does actually mean a lot. And it means a lot that you, you know, reached out and said, 
you know, that you sent me a text the other day. It says, I really like your record. I want to, I wanted to have you on the podcast again. Like just yeah. that, it means a lot. That's all I can say. Well, good. Because like I said, listening to your stuff means a lot to me too. And uh, that's, that's the way we should leave it. And that's the way we're going to leave this. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Drew of Time and Pressure. The song you just heard was called Wrapped Up, and that's the third track off of Halfway Down. Be sure to go check that record out. Whichever way you please, I'd suggest digital for now because I think that's your only option. But uh, if you'd like, you can pre-order that. Or, or I guess is it a pre-order if it's actually already officially out? I don't know. You know what I mean. Go order that record. It's really cool. If you love melodic hardcore, then you'll love what Time and Pressure is doing. Check out their previous record, The Gateway City Sound, their demos, their splits, their EPs, all the things that they've done. Great example of St. Louis hardcore. Really glad to have gotten to know Drew and the guys. I don't know the other guys, but I know Drew. I know Drew through this. So, uh, so yeah, I'm glad to see what they're doing, and I think it's very cool, and they're doing a great job so far. But all right, that's going to be it for this episode. If you want to be like Time and Pressure and send me your music and eventually end up with two interviews in the podcast, the first step is sending me your songs to dan at gettingitout.net. Do not be shy. Send me your stuff. I'm going to end this with a song from a band that has submitted me music, and it'll be the second time I've played them. We'll get to that later. But if you want to follow the podcast, go to at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram and go to facebook.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Also, please go bookmark gettingitout.net. I swear to God there is a website coming. One day, it's going to be there. One day, I'm going to wake up and get a, get a text or a notification that the fucking thing is finally available for you to see. I can see it now, ladies and gentlemen. I can see it. Literally, like not not a not in my mind. I see it on my computer screen. It really does exist. It's just not available for you at this point. It's in a in a different stage, but it does exist, and it is really cool. And I'm really happy with it. I just want it to get done so you can see it too. But that's coming. Anyway, I mentioned I'm gonna end this with a band who sent in a song uh, previously, and I played to open the show. So now I'm going to give them the, the, the lesser of the two spots and put it at the closing spot. This song is from Kirk B. Kiss from New Jersey. It is from their Listen Closely EP. 
It came out on July 21st, so it's been out for a couple weeks. Um, it's a very cool EP, very fast, old-fashioned, hardcore punk. This song is called Human Resources. It's the second track off that EP, and if you like it, go check them out. You can catch their Bandcamp link in the comments below. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.